Heyo, and welcome to the College Student Success Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping college students with mental health issues set and achieve goals for themselves to get them where they want to be. I'm your host, Derek Malinzak, and this is episode 15 of the podcast. So here we are, guys, week seven, I believe, of the semester, which means um, if you uh, do a little math, that means... Thursday, Friday or so should be the exact halfway point of the semester. Holy! Seven and a half weeks in, uh, we will be halfway through to the 15-week traditional college student semester. A lot of my uh, faculty colleagues are a little bummed that the, uh, sem- the traditional semester, at least for Rutgers, goes long this year. Uh, I'm sure you guys feel the same way, uh, having, uh, I think, the last day of classes in our school be like the 21st or something of uh, December. So we're ending uh, kind of late, but we started late. Anyway, we have a, a good topic to talk about today. Uh, I'm going to be talking about urgency and importance. And first, let's talk a little story time. Let's talk about a story that happened not too long ago where I was recruited quotes to help uh, with a festival of sorts that's put on at our school. Our school has an annual wellness fest. And wellness fest is a time for the students to gain information related to the different dimensions of wellness and how it relates to being a student. So for instance, uh, I'm doing a topic on urgency and importance. <laughs> Where have you heard that before? Uh, so it's going to be sort of the um, the cognition portion of the wellness and being able to organize and prioritize your tasks for school. Other people will do, you know, physical health demonstrations, um, spiritual health, all the different uh, tenets of wellness will be incorporated and represented. So I was working on this, and I, I give credit to my awesome boss for giving us, giving me the um, idea to, talk, to tackle this. And as I was working on it, I was like, shit, what a great fucking topic for the College Student Success Podcast uh, on a Monday show. So I, you know, you might say I'm, I'm cheating a little bit by recycling the topic that I'm going to be talking about at the festival, which is tomorrow, but... On the flip side, you might also say I'm very well prepared. Uh, so this is a topic that is taught as part of, um, actually as part of the cognitive remediation training that I did uh, for the research study I worked on uh, over the last couple of years. And we actually added this to the existing manual that we had gotten because we felt it was such an important topic for students to know the difference between what urgency is and urgent tasks versus important tasks. So that's sort of why I picked today's topic, but it gets into a little bit more that I want to talk about. This idea of like, oh, I have this topic that I have to do some research on and put together a presentation for, that being the Wellness Fest. And in the back of my mind at the same time, I'm thinking about like, oh, what should I talk about for my podcast next week? And when I when the two kind of came together and I was like, oh, I could just talk about urgency and importance. I haven't done that yet. I'm already prepared for it. I would call that function stacking. This idea that I had two tasks to do and I sort of used a similar resource or tool 
uh, to achieve both tasks near simultaneously. So I just finished the presentation up, sent it off to my boss to get it looked at, and then I'm sitting down and recorded. I'm actually recording a little earlier than I normally do because I was so well prepared. This is a good idea. <laughs> um, so it ties into a question I had gotten. Um, actually, this question was from last semester, but it fit in so well with today's topic that I just had to kind of um, reuse it <laughs> again, stacking functions um, about, you know, how, if it's OK to reuse an old paper. And I've seen this question asked on Reddit a couple of times, too. So example, you know, sophomore year, you write a paper on, you know, gender inequality in, you know, developing countries, okay? Fairly general, I mean, fairly uh, broad, but at the same time, you know, addresses a specific area. And then you're, you're kind of in that, maybe you're in some kind of gender study program, and senior year, you are asked to write a paper that is similar, in a sense, to that paper that you wrote sophomore year, so you go on your computer and you do a little digging and you find the old uh, file, call it up, uh, change the date, change the, the professor's name and the class, and boom, you have a new paper. <laughs> uh, that is not allowed. Uh, as a faculty member, I would not be happy if you did this in my class. So what I did talk to the student about, though, is you can use the same research you did and you can use the same shell or kind of structure of a former paper. So if that person had written that paper sophomore year and then senior year come back with a similar paper, they could have um, opened that up. They could have used the resources from their reference list as to form uh, a similar argument. But they would not be taking the paper and just changing the name and reusing it. They would have to do enough to the paper to make it a new paper, to have a slightly different take on the argument. So it can have a similar argument, but it can't be the same. Um, that's how I would um, advise students on reusing papers in sort of a function stacking kind of way that is not going to necessarily get you in trouble with your department, school, or program. Uh, schools, I'm sure a lot of you know, have uh, software these days that they upload your papers to, and the pa it will tell you, it will scan the internet, it will scan the, the, the database of previously uploaded papers, and it will tell you if the paper's been submitted elsewhere that it is aware of, or, and then it will also give you degrees of similarity. So that's why it's important to make, you know, not take the same paper and change it, but maybe to take the resources and, and but also to start over. Um, so it's not enough to just um, change your name, as I've, as I've said a few times. Um, you would want to, you know, start fresh because otherwise you run the risk of the paper looking too structurally similar to the other paper. And if that paper had been uploaded by, in this case, the software is Turnitin, turnitin.com, uh, you would uh, potentially be caught plagiarizing and uh, violating your school's honor code, and that would lead to all sorts of problems. So do not take this as advice to reuse an old paper, um, but take this as advice to if you have an old paper that's similar, you reuse the same uh, research topic, uh, research reference materials, and the same basic structural argument, and then outline or lay out your paper um, as such. So this idea of function stacking comes from a term called permaculture. 
And permaculture is something that I just recently learned about uh, in the last uh, year or two. Uh, it was by listening to a podcast. <laughs> um, and I'm going to read the Wikipedia definition here of permaculture. Uh, permaculture is a system of agriculture and social design principles centered around simulating or directly utilizing the patterns and features observed in natural ecosystems. Uh, it was a concept founded by kind of the founder of permaculture's name is Bill Mollison. He's Australian. And it, it really mainly pertains to agricultural systems that are permanent. Um, so, for instance, let's think about, you know, traditional agriculture in the United States real quick. Totally getting off topic, but they call it monocropping, right? So you have a, a corn field, right? And it's all field of corn and the, the, the field grows the corn all year and then at the end it harvested and next year uh, corn goes in or maybe they do some basic crop rotation. Permaculture would say no that's really not that's not how does nature designs in an ecosystem right they don't just nature doesn't just drop a bunch of corn in the field. Um, you see sort of variety and permaculturists are big in favor of something like a um, natural food forest where you would have like an orchard in a sense you'd have fruit trees and nut trees and stuff which after they are grown I mean planted and established pretty much grow on their own permanently and so you think of um, function stacking you might think of it in terms of in a, like we'll give an agricultural example real quick um, a tree, you know, you, you plant a, uh, an apple tree or a pear tree and you would get the fruit after several years, if it was a young tree, of that tree and, you know, you'd get a huge bounty. Um, permaculture has three principles that I will talk about real quick. Uh, the three core tenets, I should say, our principles are different. Um, care for the earth, care for the people, and then return of surplus. So, you know, first and foremost, don't fuck up the earth. <laughs> Secondly, don't screw over people. And three, return the surplus after you are, um, you know, after you take what is needed for yourself, return it back. And that could be, you know, done in a variety of ways. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on permaculture because I may have lost some people already. But I just think that if you think about it in terms of a design system or a design science, um, it gets it goes way beyond agriculture and you can start to think about it in terms of establishing a system that is in a sense regenerative like not a system that you have to constantly do lots of inputs into um, that eventually is self-sustaining so that's why I'm a big fan of habits and rituals you know they're very self-sustaining in that yeah, they take a little bit of work to get established, like a tree. Um, but once it's established and growing, that ritual really just kind of does itself, right? Think of the ritual of, you know, wearing a seatbelt. How many people that have been wearing a seatbelt for a long fucking time actually even think about putting on a seatbelt anymore? You know, it almost takes no mental effort. And, you know, that's kind of how I can see permaculture principles being implemented into, you know, say somebody's study schedule and function stacking is another one function stacking is a principle of permaculture and you, you think of it function stacking of a tree the tree gives you fruit the tree also provides you shade um, provides compostable material you could cut portions of the tree down and use it as firewood 
Um, you could climb the tree, you could build a house inside of the tree, you know, there's just so many different um, functions that a tree can serve beyond feeding you or, or providing you shade. Wind resistance, another big one um, for permaculturists. So anyway, let's go back into urgency and importance. The reason, as I said, I kind of have to present on this tomorrow, so it's kind of good practice for me to talk about this with you today. Um, I want to talk about how you can feel more productive at school by identifying where each task that you have to do belongs in this matrix. Uh, the idea is to decrease the amount of distractions that you have and increase the amount of time working in what we'll call the quadrant of productivity. So I need to do, for if you guys don't have access to the show notes or the blog, uh, a little bit of mind work here and imagine a very simple, um, you know, a matrix, or in, in this case, uh, think of a box, and then the box is subdivided. So you, you draw a line in the middle of, you think of a square, draw a, mid, a line through the middle of the square um, vertically as well as horizontally, and now your, your square becomes four squares, right? So that's your matrix. And if you picture quadrant one as the upper left hand square within the square, um, that's going to be quadrant one is your things that are important and urgent, important and urgent things. And then you'd move uh, quadrant. Let me talk about it. Uh, let me talk about them by quadrant first rather than try and screw people up by moving around. So the things in quadrant one, the upper left-hand corner of the matrix, are important and urgent. Um, it's important to get an idea of what these terms mean before we can get into sort of examples, because a lot of people might say importance and urgency, Derek, like those seem like the same fucking descriptor. <laughs> and in a sense, you're right. So let's define them. So importance is things that actually get you closer to achieving your goals. So... If you had a, if you're in school and you are taking a class and the class has a exam that is being held in an hour from now, um, it's important for you if your goal is to get a good grade, pass a class, succeed in school, that you um, study or prepare or you know attend that exam and do as best as you can. So importance is things getting you closer to your goals. And in an ideal world, right, we'd be always focused on those things. However, we live in an interconnected world, and we have people around us, and we have people that require things of us. So if we think of the term urgent, urgency is related to things that you do to satisfy other people's goals. So it's a little harder to conceptualize, but let's say you are um, working on a paper, to satisfy your goals and you have a part-time job and you have the whole day lined up you're, you're going to work on this paper and all of a sudden your boss emails you or calls you and says hey blah 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 just uh called out sick i need you to come in so all of a sudden it's now urgent of you to come in and screw up your plans to, to satisfy your boss's plans of having your uh employer um you know well staffed so urgency relates to achieving other people's goals. All right, so let's go back to quadrant one, urgent and important. So let's take that test that's, that you have in an hour. That would fit into quadrant one. Quadrant one we call like critical activities, crisis um, to a sense. 
So if you had an exam in an hour, it may not be a crisis, especially if you're well prepared. But like that's the focus on your mind, right? Um, All of a sudden you get a phone call from your mom. Ah, my house is on fire. Shit. Now that's that is the important and urgent thing because it is imperative to your goals that your house don't burn down. It's imperative to everyone else in your family that you, you know, drop everything you're doing, fuck the exam and get home and deal with your burning house. (laughs) Um, So urgency is relative in a sense, but you could always have something critical and then have something more critical happen. Right. Um, So we live a lot of our lives in quadrant one. Quadrant one is like the putting out fires, so to speak, when you wake up in the morning and you're like, okay, what's due first? Those things that are due right today, I have to take care of. Those are critical activities. It would have been nice if I had addressed these earlier. All right, let's move now into quadrant four, which is sort of the opposite. If you have important and urgent things in quadrant one, critical shit, in quadrant four, you have non-critical, non-important, non-urgent distractions. So it's not getting you closer to your goals. It's not getting you closer to helping anyone out with their goals. Uh, time wasters. Sitting on goddamn Facebook, looking at uh, pictures of animals with birthday hats on. <laughs> That's a distraction. Um, watching the most recent episode of Real Housewives of wherever they are these days. You know, unless you are an intern on the show, <laughs> probably a distraction um, or a time waster, I should say. Anything that really isn't getting you closer to your goals and not getting you closer to anyone else's goals as well. There's a lot of that shit in our lives too, right? Along with quadrant one, quadrant four. But I don't want to beat you up and say, you shouldn't be doing any of this stuff. Never go on Facebook. I'm on Facebook way too much. Um, But know what it is. Know when you sit down and flip open your phone and drift over to those, you know, kind of the sin apps as opposed to the productivity apps that know what you're doing. You know, it's like this really isn't getting me closer to my goals. This really isn't helping anyone else out with their goals. Uh, Let me take a couple of minutes and then put it away for the day. All right, now let's talk about the other two. Quadrant three, we're going to say, is things that are urgent, you know, urgency, remember, things that are getting other people closer to their goals, but not necessarily getting you closer to your goals. So as I gave the example earlier, you're sitting down, you're working on your shit, your boss calls you into work because it's urgent that he get his store, wherever you're working, um, properly staffed. Uh, another example might be, you know, you're at class, you're uh, focused on your goal, learning, succeeding, and your mom is blowing up your phone, texting you, hey, I need to know if you're coming home for dinner tonight or if you're going to be out late. It's really important, you know, blah, blah, blah is coming. I need to know how many um, dishes to set, etc., etc. You're sitting there like, oh, God, why doesn't she understand I'm in class? Um, because that's not her goal. Think of what your mom's goal is in that situation. To get fucking dinner on the table and have a proper table setting. As if you can't just remove a setting in a second. But I know, you know, that's important to moms, right? So taking a second to respond to your mom, yep, I'll be home, or no, I won't, would kind of fit in that quadrant three. It's urgent because it's important to her goal of getting table uh, dinner on the table. May not be important to you, but think about if you don't do it, right? Keep blowing you up 
and you might not get an invite for dinner next time. You know, any kind of multitude of things happen. So, again, I'm not saying you should ignore these things. Like, you do need to attend to other people's goals. It's an interdependent world. People are going to be doing shit for you. So it is important to factor in the things and obligations you have to others. Your boss is another one, right? So if you work and go to school, um, the things that he needs you to do, yeah, they're important to you keeping your job, um, but they're also urgent in a sense that it's his goals that are sort of driving your, your job and your job description. And then lastly, we come to quadrant two. Uh, my quadrant two. Love you, quadrant two. The important shit, but it's not urgent. This is you get your syllabus, your first day of class in September. You sit down and you're like looking at it real quick and you see, oh, okay, I got, you know, midterm, I got a final, and you got this like final paper, right? 10 page paper, 15 page paper, let's make it, you know, let's make it really scary. 15 page paper due on the last day of class. And it gives you a thorough description, everything you need that first day. It's something that maybe they'll reference throughout the semester, but you're not going to have any other deadlines up until it. You know, you don't have to submit a first draft by such and such a date. You don't have to submit your reference list ahead of time. You just need to make sure this paper is submitted, okay? And it's worth, let's say, 40% of your grade. Shit, right? That would definitely fall in quadrant two. It's definitely important, right? Getting closer to your goals, yes, 40% of your grade, got to do well on it. But it's not urgent, right? It, nobody's asking you for it. The teacher isn't beating you down yet, saying, I need this, I need this idea, I need your references. That's what they're doing when they ask for those. Some teachers are nice like that. They'll sort of assign something like a big project at the end, but they'll also have due dates along the semester, along the way of pieces of the project to kind of force you to address it and not wait until the last minute. But you know what happens if they don't do that, right? September, you, you you could just assume have that project out of your goddamn mind and be like, la, 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 la. this semester isn't so hard. And then October comes and you're like, oh, that's right. I have that project. And that's all you do for October. And then November comes and you're like, oh, shit, I got students around me that are actually working on this thing. Like, maybe I should start thinking about it. Or like maybe by now you have an idea. It's like, oh, that's cool. I, I, got, I already did some work on this. I know what I'm worried. I'm gonna know what I'm gonna talk about. And then December comes and it's due mid-December, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I guess I should start that paper. And all this other shit is on top of that. Oh, I gotta study for this. Oh, that's right, the final. Oh, this final too. And now it's slowly moved from quadrant two all the way into quadrant one. Now it's important and urgent because somebody else's goals, this being your teacher which is looking at his wristwatch saying it's December 21st. I got to get my grades in by the 22nd. Give me this paper because I need to get out of here. I have family to see. We are people too. Um, so the, the, the professor in a sense is now acting as the urgency because it's his goal that you submit your paper on time so he can give you a grade for it. Either way, he'd like you to pass, just so you know. He'd like you to do well. Um, we do not spend enough of our times in quadrant two. Quadrant two is that quadrant of th addressing these types of things. To take it outside the classroom, think about your career path. You know, how often do you put it in your calendar or sit down and say, you know what, 
think today I'm going to work on developing my career path. Nobody ever does it, right? Um, it's important to you, I would assume. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, I would definitely assume it. Um, but it's not urgent. Nobody's sitting there with looking at their wristwatch saying, come on, where's your career path? You know, it's those things that you need to do to kind of um, have yourself stand out to a potential employer or potential, you know, graduate school program that nobody is, is really in your ear saying you need to do this to me, give this to me by, you know, such and such a date. So that is urgency and importance. That is the matrix. Um, some other people refer to it as the Eisenhower decisional matrix, uh, after our esteemed president, Dwight D. Eisenhower. Um, but either way, it is available, uh, freely available on Google, uh, just, you know, Google urgency, importance matrix. If you search the images, you'll find what I'm looking for, you know, for in terms of the quadrants. Uh, and if you, if you want, you know, print one up or there's a link going to be a link to one in the show notes today and start thinking about the tasks that you have in your life and where they fall on this matrix. You know, we all have the distractions, the things that we like to do that aren't really getting us closer to our goals. And I do not, I'm not advising people to eliminate those things from their lives. You know, that's part of why life is fun. But I'm asking you to balance and I'm asking you to recognize what they are. Recognize when you've been at that thing for a little too long and it's time to focus on one of these other quadrants, preferably quadrant two. Think about the balance of the things that you do for other people and the goals that they have and how those factor into your life and your goals um, and your own important goals. And if you find yourself spending too much time addressing the needs of others, you may need to take a step back, examine your priorities, examine your commitments and start to say no to some things if that's possible. And if you're spending so much time in quadrant one, that means you're not doing spending any time in quadrant two, um, and you will continue to sort of live by the seat of your pants, um, put out fires as they're arriving, and that's sort of like you know managing crisis, being reactive instead of proactive. A lot of people can get by doing this, um, but it does not lead to a calm, quiet, sound mind. In my experience, it usually is associated with a sort of frenetic um, personality or somebody that is just continually stressed because they just never see the end where they can just stop and take a moment and sort of plan or, or you know, dig themselves out uh, and sort of start to get ahead. So that is the uh, episode for today. I am. Uh, I enjoyed talking about this. It really helped me to get my mindset on what I want to talk about at the festival tomorrow for students that are going to be coming in. So in that sense, I appreciate you guys. Um, check into Reddit if you can. Um, leave me a note about. Uh, there'll be a um, a link to the podcast and a, um, a thread on our uh, our subreddit if you want to leave some feedback. Uh, leave me a iTunes review if you'd like. If you think the show is, is giving you some kind of value and you're appreciating it, it would be great to hear from people. Um, also, one last awesome announcement. I am very happy to say that I have our first interview ever uh, coming up in the next episode. Uh, that it will be dropping on Thursday. 
episode 16, where I will be uh, interviewing Andrea, and she is a supported education counselor, and we'll talk about that service and how, uh, what it is for college students that may have mental health, mental health issues that qualify for them, qualify them for this service, as well as uh, what it does and how they can get it. So, hope you stay tuned for Thursday. Until then, keep studying, keep on it, guys. Take care.